0: Welcome to the Elmer EMC podcast. We want to support you on your journey with God. So here's this week's teaching. A love that will not ever let me go. Uh, based on the bridge of Matt Mars' uh, remake of Abide With Me, I had so many other ideas swirling through my head, uh, what I'd do for the summer, and none of them were sitting right with me. And then I was just... Having that song was playing through my head, and the bridge came up, and I thought, "Yeah, there it is." And uh, so I got um, leftover messages because some of them were just uh, just so much, so much to talk about, and uh, and so I've uh, downsized the this thing to uh, where it ends today. It ends now. It ends here, right now well, in, in about a uh, few minutes. but uh, So I'm continuing the message I began with that this morning, and uh, we'll, we'll just go through the scriptures um, that uh, I used last week without a lot of comment. Um, but uh, this is the last uh, one on this, and, and continuing this message, uh, the love that keeps us together. And uh, And uh, Wayne, I bet you've got a song playing through your head wherever you went. Yeah, Mm. yeah, there you go. So, but we won't go there. So the love that keeps us together, or the one whose love, uh, maybe I can put it that way, uh, whose love keeps us together, unites us, first of all, in a powerful experience of God's immeasurable fullness. And um, we find that in the last part of Ephesians 3, and then at the beginning of uh, chapter 4, Uh, the love, the one whose love um, keeps us together, urges us then, really on the basis of that experience, a common experience of God and its fullness, his love, Uh, something we can't contain, uh, but something that that floods our hearts nonetheless, Uh, but then he urges us to make room for all in spirit-generated peace. Because if it was a given that unity would just happen, all you have to do is eat at the Harmony Grill and, and something mystical, magical uh, happens and we just, it just all comes natural, well, that, that would be lovely, but it's so far from our reality, either playing in a band or just doing life together as members of, of God's people, whatever it is. But, but there is an urging here. Um, to, uh, to do what the text says. So let's just, I'm just going to read through the, uh, where we've been to pick, pick us up to speed where we need to go today. So Ephesians 3, 14 says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory he may grant that you may be strengthened. And as I read this, let these words wash over you. Let these words wash over you. Let these words um, just uh, get through uh, whatever you know, tough exterior or or whatever resistance or whatever um, whatever it might be that that holds you back from the, the experience of this, and that that He may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being with power through His Spirit. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Um, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints. This is a community effort, not a solo deal. Uh, What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ experiential knowledge, not just head knowledge, experiential that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can All we can ask or imagine to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen, and uh, thus endeth the epistle to the Ephesians, except that Paul says, oh, i got a few things yet to say. Paul always did, and preachers have always taken after Paul, not Jesus. He'd tell a parable and walk away, but we all followed Paul, so uh, here we go. Um, I wonder what would have happened if it had been the other way around. I don't know, Ray. What do you think? Uh, I have no idea. Can't even imagine that. But but remember, this this verse here is not just a, a broad strokes generalization. Anything you want or can ask or imagine, but the asking and imagining here has to do with um, seeing the reality of the previous verses and the ones that follows. The ones that follow um, actually come into our real-time experience so Paul just goes on I therefore the present prisoner of the Lord uh, beg you urge you to leave lead a life I don't like that translation it literally is walk worthy the walking gives us the process of step-by-step walking worthy uh, in all that's gone before and all that's yet coming in the text walk worthy of the calling to which you've been called uh, with all humility and gentleness. Uh, Wayne, you were talking about some of this that, that just plays out, needs to play out when people are doing anything together. Uh, with all humility, gentleness, patience. Bearing with one another in love. Uh, making every effort. What do we have to make an effort for? Because he says so. Well, it should come natural. Well, it doesn't. It comes supernatural. But we have to give way to it. We have to make room for it. Making every effort and... Uh, putting in our resources, our strength, our intentionality, our determination to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because if we let it, there's all kinds of things that could divide us. What unites us? That's a better question. In a day when division is the order of the day, we're in a political campaign and uh, lots of different ideas. It would be so nice to see those guys and, and the gal get on the stage and, you know, if, if it could be, to give one another a hug to start at least, and then have their discussions without the rancor and the insults. You know, someone once said you can't insult your way all the way to the White House, and apparently you could, but, but there you have it. But, but no, like, let's, let's forget about the rancor. It has no place. Why? Because there's one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Uh, So did you let those words sink into you um, and uh, do what, uh, what only the words of the Lord can do. So here's our first priority. Strive for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Walk that out. Walk out all that that means, step by step. And yes, conflict by conflict, disagreement by disagreement, and uh, along the way we get some wins if we're patient. And those are good days. But we can. We can do this because we are continuing, ideally, to experience together the powerful uh, reality of God's fullness. Which is to say the, the the fullness of His immeasurable love. But we don't stop there. This isn't the end yet. Um, because there's God work to be done. And so, where does the passage go? It takes us into the reality that uh, the one whose love keeps us together. Now, uh, having brought us together in this uh, common experience and urging us to get with the program, now he unleashes grace-gifted ministry in and through all of us. And what do those ministries do? They promote maturity. That uh, seems to be the flow of the passage. See, everybody plays. Everybody plays. See, the worship team, everybody eventually. Now Wayne held back at the beginning a couple of songs because, you know, he had to learn. He used to play the old rock and roll circuit and he had to learn how to play Christian music back about, what, six or seven years ago. started playing at uh, Lakeshore uh, um, St. Andrew's Church in Windsor. And he says, this, this is different. And uh, so what did he do? He could say, look, I used to play in Motown. I, I, I could teach you guys a thing or two. No, he said, this is a little different kind of feel and flow. I need to watch. I need to listen. And um, Wayne learned how to learn. You can so teach um, middle-aged dogs new tricks. You can. You can. And uh, he learned, and I'm, I'm proud of him for that. Uh, but everybody plays, and no one of us can pull off this God-sized project of cultivating new creation, love, unity, peace, maturity, and, uh, and, and all that, and thus making known the multifaceted wisdom of a God who can create community out of diver- divided diversity. And so um, recently, uh, thanks to Miriam, I came across... Well, she introduced me to uh, a Canadian musician named Mike Jansen, who recently, during COVID, um, wrote a bunch of psalms uh, wrote a bunch of songs based on the psalms, and uh, he pulled together I guess it was all by Zoom initially, and uh, pulled together a whole lot of different people. Steve Bell uh, is one that he pulled, uh, pulled into it. You may recognize the cello player in a moment. Um, she's been here before, um, these people have known her her entire life, uh, and, and uh, so he, he pulled together a bunch of well-known, and maybe not as well-known, uh, musicians and technicians to produce the Psalms Project. So what I want you to do is watch and listen to this, and as you do, think about what strikes you about it. Now, we tried this before the service, so look at that, it works.
1: Christy Streets
0: go. Uh. Okay. Send feedback. <laughs> I'll give you feedback. You're going to get feedback. Hold on. Come back. All right. It'll come back. But what did you notice about that? Anything. What did you notice? Am I Am I crackling like that? I'm going to take this out of here and put it. Yeah, that's me. All right. I'm just going to put it there and try not to wiggle. All right. <laughs> Anybody want to lay odds on that? Um, I guess we'll need to get a new cord. But what what'd you notice about that? Yeah, lots of lots of diversity across the spectrum of age, uh, culture, and so forth. Yeah. What else did you notice? What's that? Harmony. harmony, yeah, it was great harmony, wasn't it? I, I was just watching uh, Steve Bell at the end, and you notice what he was doing with this guitar.
1: <laughs>
0: no, he was Lydia. I love the little arm motion she gets with that. It's, it's artistic. I bet it takes a whole year to learn how to do that. But 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 you know, uh, a lot of people doing. In some cases, a little bit, and and what what happens is is simply beautiful. I mean, these are uh, very practiced musicians, skilled musicians. But uh, I was interested in the stuff at the beginning because you see some of the process going on behind the scenes, the the teaching, the looking at the um, computer and whatnot, and. Uh, You know, I don't know if I need to just go to the uh, handheld or something like that. Uh, If you think I do, just run up here and switch me, but uh, I I wiggled. Um, And and, and, you know, uh, there's all that. There's all kinds of things. Everything everyone does complements what the others do. And what you end up with is a, um, a pleasing audio and visual experience that can be appreciated across the spectrum of age and culture. Um, and uh, and so on, uh, and you know, I was thinking about you know where Paul's going to go. He's going to say that uh, Jesus gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and and shepherds and teachers. And I think of the process that goes into this, the vision for it, the apost- apostolic aspect, the vision to to go ahead with something like this, even even in a challenging time. And then then the The songwriting, maybe that's the prophetic aspect. Uh, The promotion, maybe that's the uh, evangelistic phase. Um, The shepherding, the pulling everybody together. uh, The teaching, teaching the music. Teaching, um, you know, there's just so many ways of of thinking about it along the lines of what what Paul is going to now talk about. And so, let's let's get to that, because uh, we're not here to watch music videos. although they can be instructive. But now it says, um, um, but each one of us, each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, isn't that an interesting way of to put it? Each of us is given grace. It, it doesn't say each of us is given um, a lot of capacity, a lot of ability, uh, this and that. It starts with each, each of us is given grace because apart from grace, apart from character, um, you know I remember Jack Hayford I keep getting a slide change error here and I'm just going to keep fixing it but um, Jack Hayford once said that that your gifts can take you where your character can never keep you and so grace grace so important and and the thing is nobody who is experiencing this immeasurable fullness of God's love in Christ or who is striving for uh, the unity of the body Um you know, there's grace there as they're doing that. And, and now, um, to them, it's delegated to be part of the project of participating in the grace-based ministries among us that were that, acts of service. You know, it might be, oh, ministry, that's for special people with little white collars. No, um, it just means various types of service. Um, and, um, and the thing that gets promoted... Is maturity. That's what Paul goes with it. Maturity, a mature body, that is healthy, and you know, reaching out. And uh, maturity is surely something that is needed in uh, keeping strong the unity of that one body. Uh, One of the beautiful New Testament metaphors for who we are as members of Christ. So we're all gifted, in fact. Um, As I go on, it's going to become apparent, I hope, that uh, each one of us is a gift that's given to all the others. Uh, And we'll see that going forward. But now now Paul supplements this assertion um, that to each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, and and now he he puts in this well it almost seems random quote uh, from Psalm sixty eight. I'm going, Paul, just just stay with the program, no bunny trails. Don't behave like Brian. He says, forget it. I'm the one that taught Brian how to do bunny trails. Yeah, if you believe that, but but he he now goes to this thing from Psalm sixty eight. And uh, it's interesting what he does with it, as we'll see. When he ascended, Christ, um, on high, he made captivity itself a captive. And he gave gifts to his people. That's the part Paul quotes. Well... You go back and read Psalm 68, because when I find a quote, I want to know where it comes from and what the context is and what the author was driving at there. So Psalm 68, just a few selected verses from it. Um, Let God rise up, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee before him. goes on to talk about the fact that he's the father of orphans and protector of widows. God is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in a parched land. Further, the Lord gives the command, great is the company of those who bore tidings. Uh, Interesting, I left the little uh, B thing, the footnote thing, because it actually, uh, one possible rendering of that is great is the company of the women who bore the tidings, who proclaimed uh, what God is up to. So much for uh, abject patriarchy. There it is. Uh, Or there it isn't. Uh, But then it goes on, and then the quote that Paul pulls over, but you'll see a difference. You ascended the high mount, leading captives in your train, and receiving gifts from people. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Paul flips it to, and he gave gifts to people. What's going on here? So, well, first of all, what's this psalm about? Well, it's about the Lord, whose reign brings terror to his enemies, but far more importantly comfort to the forgotten, comfort to the homeless. He raises up a great company of heralds uh, a whole lot of women uh, to proclaim what's going on and he generally brings prosperity and and peace to his people. But now Paul takes this and he he kind of flips verse 18 here, uh, brings it over, but he flips it a little bit you say, well, he's an apostle. he can do anything he wants well what what Paul was actually doing was following uh the rabbis who uh in reading and 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 working this text over and eventually producing the Greek translation of the, New, of the Old Testament that was basically the Bible of Jesus' day. Uh, it's called the Septuagint. If you see a, a short form LXX in, in something you're reading, it's, uh, that's short for the Septuagint. And, uh, and what the Septuagint reading actually says is consistent with what Paul says here. Uh, when he ascended on high, he made captivity captive, and he gave gifts to his people. So, so what's going on? Well, what's, uh, it's basically Paul has some breaking news, okay? You see that? Breaking news. Everything's breaking news these days. I think of some of the breaking news we've uh, heard recently, uh, Afghanistan uh, and the, the horrible, horrible stuff that's happening there. Um, uh, Haiti and, and so many. Uh, just unbelievable uh, Gut wrenching things, but but you see, Paul here has has breaking news regarding the intentions of the God who, in at the time of the writing of that psalm, who had ascended, but but now Paul says, well, yeah, that God who ascended and who reigns uh, actually um, uh, descended. Uh, he, he descended. He. Now this keeps flipping on me. I don't know what's happening. Serena, is it that? Have I lost control? Well, I'm going to try to retake control. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, see if we can get it back to not flipping away on me. Um, Because the one who is now ascended, Jesus, is the very one who left his place of privilege. There he was, a terror to his enemies, the one who uh, puts the lonely in families and all that stuff. But this one um, just set aside all that privilege and uh, left his place of privilege and receiving of gifts and so forth. He descended to where we are. That's what he did. That's the story. That's the narrative of the New Testament, the Gospels. He descended. Um, This thing keeps moving. Stop moving. Um, And and he purchased our salvation, uh, which is all-encompassing enough to include the forgotten, and the homeless, and the, uh, you know what, I'm going to go to my own presentation here, this is uh, just keeps getting, getting away on me, so one moment, and if you can just move slides as far as what you think, where you think I am, uh, technology is great, and it really is, um, so let me just find what I'm after here. So um, that's what he's doing. The one who has, is, is now ascended, he descended. And that's what Paul says here. He says uh, that when it says he ascended, what does it mean? but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. This is not Christ going to hell after his crucifixion. This is Jesus coming to live where we do. at the very center, the core of where everything is happening, where everything is broken and where healing is so much needed to fix the hurt and to rescue the hopeless and bring a salvation which is bigger than, yay, I get to go to heaven when I die. No, it's a salvation that transforms us. It's a salvation that brings heaven into us now and leads to the possibility and the prospect of what so much of the richer understanding of New Testament Um, direction is that God intends to make everything new. And he wants to start with his new creation people whom he is now gifting with the possibility of that. And so now uh, the one who fills all things and really needs nothing from us. He doesn't need us to be given gifts to him. He gives gifts to us. And he dispenses those widely and without exception. And he And he calls forth heralds and servants to announce and reinforce his reign and victory and unity and peace and maturity of his expanded realm that takes in folks now from every tribe and tongue and people. He gives his gifts to that end now. And his gifts to his one body is basically you and me. The gifts he gave, it says, were that some would be apostles. You see, the gift is the person who is manifesting an apostolic orientation towards initiating and having vision for what could be. The gift is the person who now has these capacities given by the Lord. And some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. You see, I I believe that every one of us is oriented towards one or more of these sorts of service which are not in competition with each other, but work together uh, in a complementary manner in order to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. The old King James used to put a comma after to equip the saints as if they just get equipped, but for what? Because there's a comma there, so that's it. They're equipped to listen to the leaders and just fall in line. But no, uh, there's no comma. It's the saints who are equipped for the work of ministry. What kind of ministry? Um, for the building up of the body of Christ. All of us uh, participate in that. And so to equip here, now, now that's a powerful word. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful word. It, 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 in, in the original, it would evoke mental pictures you ever get a mental picture when somebody says something to you, and and um, and and the the mental picture that would come when that word translated "equip" would be uttered would be uh, images of either mending a net. You're a fisherman. Your nets are broken, so you got to mend the thing so it's useful again. Um, or setting a bone. Anybody ever broken a bone? I never have. I never want to. Uh, I've probably come close, but. Uh, but, um, but the idea of setting a bone so that the arm or the leg works again as it was intended. So God's gifts now in the form of people who initiate ministries that heal and repair all that is broken, all that is damaged, all who are broken and who are damaged. That's what God's gifts are, people who are given capacities, different capacities, to bring about healing and restoration, um, fixing that which is broken and damaged. You see, he gave some who could speak for him words that set healing and renewing in motion, some who could actually herald that word of healing and hope and renewal as good news to those who have not yet... um, heard it or believed it or not yet included and welcomed as part of his body. And um, some were given to shepherd and care for and guide and lead the healed and restored into the joy of themselves beginning uh, to, um, to serve Jesus. And he gave some to provide instruction and teaching to promote and support all this so that now as lives are mended, and healed, and hope is restored. We all promote the building up of this one body and the power of the one spirit inspired by the one faith we profess and we're initiated into by way of the one baptism. And once that's all set in motion, behold, unity. The saints are equipped for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until all of us Come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the full measure of the full stature of Christ. There it is. Unity. Knowledge from communal experience together. Listening together. Hearing the word together. Wrestling with it together. Putting into practice together. There's nothing magical about it, it's supernatural. But what happens? Maturity. Christ being formed in us. In us. Isn't that something? So there it is then. That's all he wrote? You're hoping it is. But no, not quite. Because as we walk all this out and work all this out together, we still need to pay attention to uh, the threats that really do exist. Uh, see, our new creation outlook, it's, it's given us the capacity to see everything as opportunity and everyone as potential invitees into the new creation ways the church must walk out and work out, but there are threats. Have you ever done what's called a SWOT analysis? Uh, not SWAT as uh, SWAT at a fly, but SWOT, S-W-O-T. When you're thinking about your own capacity or the capacity of your organization to accomplish certain things, you look at what are the strengths we have? What are the weaknesses which could set us back? And how do we um, work to, um, you know, minimize the weaknesses? What are the opportunities before us? But what are the threats that we face that could bring this all uh, crashing down? Threats from without, but are there threats from within? And and, uh, all of that is dealt with in the last part of this. Um, And and so, what what happens? All that threatens the maturity and the unity and the ministry that brings healing and restoration is to be neutralized. And how? How is it neutralized? It's through people who have uh, been brought together in the ways above who are then enabled to utter love-inspired truth that prevents destabilizing deception. Every word of that is important because deception destabilizes. Can bring division. Next week we're back at Revelation and chapters 13 and 12 and 13. Uh, almost form a little bit of a unit that I'm kind of giving an overarching idea of, of who or what is against us. Next week, I'm talking about the, the, the topic, is the devil's in the details? And the week after that, I'm trying to create a title that has beast in it. Uh, but right now, it's uh, the, the really big lie, and it's promoters. And then followed by, how, how can we resist? But who or what is against us? There's a lot. A raid against us, and so what we need for the threats are those who are able to recognize, to discern, and then to crush. No, no, not to crush. To speak words that are bathed in love and wisdom, love-inspired truth that present prevents the destabilizing deception that comes. Um, it's it's to be neutralized love-inspired, faith-based truth that comes as we continue to engage deeply with the word of truth. I want to know what Awana's motto is. Can anyone tell me the acrostic, A-W-A-N-A, who's been to Awana around here? What is it? I know, it's muffled through a mask. How about approved workers are not ashamed? Approved workers are not ashamed. We, we got some work to do to get this buck up to speed and maybe in January we can do that. But that's Awana's mo- motto. Approved workers are, are those who are trained. That verse comes from, uh, is it 2 Timothy 2.15 or 1 Timothy 2.15? I should know that. But uh, Approved workers are those who are, are trained to handle the word of truth in the same way they would handle a plow or a cultivator in a field. And uh, you know, Adam's a farmer. I don't know if you use those. Big machines, no doubt, that do all that for you. you. Back in the day, you'd have to learn how to do a straight uh, uh, furrow. Uh, but, but this is the idea, back of the word. Approved workers are continually learning how to cut a straight path, um, continually growing in their capacity to know truth, communicate truth, and yes, even update truth when greater insight requires it. How many of you know that uh, the church was wrong when they uh, tried to excommunicate or bring guys like Galileo uh, because you know, into order because uh, their research and teaching was against approved church doctrine. <laughs> and uh, anybody wanna go back to the Ptolemaic model of the universe, no. So sometimes truth has to be updated. And uh, those who are courageous uh, are willing to do that. But all that to prevent some very bad outcomes. And, uh, you know, so here it is. We must no longer be children. Tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. And already in this you see the need for those shepherds and teachers. You see the need, in fact, for... Everyone in that whole five-fold ministry arrayed and deployed because the threats are there. We still have uh, those who are resisting maturity um, or just, just aren't in the game at all. And it says so, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Love. What's love got to do with it? Everything. 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 I couldn't say this any better myself. I couldn't. I do wish that every time the truth was spoken by people, Um, with words dripping with loving wisdom. That those still operating as immature children would receive that loving truth as a gift for their progress towards unified maturity. I wish that were so. Sadly, many do not. And sometimes they get angry and they get belligerent and defensive and aggressive, and sometimes they just walk away. And what do we do? Ramp up. The heat, get mad, chase them, you know, try to trip them, you know, try to stop them. No, remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. What must I do to have eternal life? And the conversation happens. And when the rich young ruler learned what uh, was required in that instance, he walked away. It says Jesus loved him and told him what he needed to hear so he could do what he needed to do. But the man walked away. And Jesus did not chase him. He let him walk. Sometimes we need to do that. But when we do that, we pray for them. We bless them. But we let them walk. That doesn't have to be that way. If only they could see the deception that Perhaps right now they're blind too. So we pray and trust the Spirit to keep speaking to them. But the moment we lose our love posture uh, in all of this, everybody loses. So there it is, finally. I'm sorry, that's just, that's got to be me. Stop cracking the one whose love keeps us together. Can I just talk loud? Trust me, if I talk loud, that's okay. Thus endeth the sermon. Um, You don't need my big fancy uh, ending anyway. But uh, there it is, the love that keeps us together does it by uniting us, urging us, unleashing beautiful things in us and enabling every one of us to speak the truth in love. And it doesn't mean weakly. Sometimes it's very strong. But we've got to be aware of the threats. And We've got to cut off the threats. In a Jesus way, in a new creation way, so, folks, as we go forward, whatever the future here looks like, can we commit to walking this thing out worthily? Can we commit to that, at least given at our best shot, walking this out in a manner worthy of the one we love? And may we never violate the Spirit's peace bond. And so, remember Richard Vermbrand and his three cheers for Jesus? that unified a group, a diverse group of Roman Catholics and Protestants in Quebec back in the day and, uh, and brought about something that uh, only the Spirit could do. My proposal is that right now, at least in our hearts, three cheers for the Father, three cheers for the Son, three cheers for the Spirit as we go forward kept together. Thanks for listening. We invite you to follow Jesus with us and join us on mission with him. We'd love for you to connect with us through our website, worshipataemc.com, or on Facebook, just search for Aylmer EMC.